Good morning, sunbeams. Buen dias, mi rey sol. What a beautiful day it will be. I used to wake up feeling like I had just experienced the war. My body exhausted, heart racing into the future, and my worries piling on even before the first rays of light could center across the sky. I used to be anxious until I learned to dance with honeybees, to move as slowly as molasses, and to hear God's voice break through the waves of sound. Sometimes a whispered ripple hums in the throats of birds and the shivers of a leaning willow. What a beautiful day it will be. I used to be anxious. For those of you who are listening for the first time, welcome to Healing with Joyce the Sunbeam, a place of light, love, and understanding as we go on our own journeys to happiness. I hope that this podcast gives my listeners a sense of intimacy, a place to share stories, and more importantly, to heal. So please don't forget to share this with the people you love. I am so blessed to be back in the groove of things. I know I took a long hiatus to focus on other projects, but I'm here now and sharing this platform with a very special guest. For those of you who don't know who Miles Carter is, how can I introduce you? Truly a man of many talents. Some of you might know his poetry. Others of you might know him from his deep conversations on Instagram Live about his walk with God. But mostly to me, he is an emblem of love. You exude so much wisdom, strength, and hope. And I think that's what we need right now in this world. Love and hope. So thank you for joining, Miles, and let's chat. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is, this is a, that was amazing. <laughs> I feel like a listener right now. I was like getting in the zone. I forgot I had to talk. I was like, let me hear what you got to say. <laughs> I'm happy. That's good. How are you? I'm pretty good. You know, it's a beautiful weekend. I'm mm. spending it with my family, <clears throat> which is always nice. Mm. Yeah. And my sister went camping. I was not invited, but it's cool. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> yeah, my weekend is going pretty well, too. I've been spending a lot of time with family myself. Like, yesterday was our Shabbat, so... We just, like, um, spent time at home. I wanted to go play soccer, but they didn't want to do that. But it's okay. Like, it was nice. Like, this morning we got up and we were, like, reading together, like, me, my brother, and my sister. Um, and that's how we ended up segueing into making breakfast. It's just kind of, it was really nice. I appreciated it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I was just talking to you about that. I was like, come on now, make a good breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to finish it before we got to record this, but I'm kind of glad with like how everything has been sequenced, actually, because mm-hmm. honestly, that I didn't know you were going to do that, like a whole intro. And I was like, man, this is actually so calming. Like, uh, I think what you're doing is like really cool, actually. Thank like, you. Even- 
Like, I've even worked on a podcast before, but I don't think, like, you've inspired me just listening to this just now as far as, like, how you structure it and, like, you set the atmosphere. And was it a poetry piece that you shared in the beginning when you were talking about waking up with anxiety? Um, It's kind of a mix of both. I think I'm naturally poetic without meaning to be. Mm. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it's I wouldn't say it's intentional. It just kind of comes out that way with me. Wait, so that was off the... You were just talking? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, I I knew what it, what I wanted to say. Okay, to it, was, it was beautiful nonetheless. And I've, I've, I've experienced that too. I'm curious, like, what do you think alleviated the anxiety that you used to feel? Um, I think it, for me, it was just a lack of faith and a desire for more control in aspects of my life that I couldn't necessarily control. Just, just because of what my anxiety was focused on. It was always focused on a worry. It was always like, this is what needs to be done. This is what I need to do. Um, you know, or what if this happens? And I'm thinking like maybe 10 years in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you know, so for me, it was about recentering it back to God. And one of my new morning routines um, is going outside. We have this bird feeder in the back of um, my garden and it's beautiful and all the birds come there they all enjoy their little breakfast and they're not worried about anything (laughs) they're taken care of and that gives me the reassurance I need to know that if God is taking care of the birds and all his little creatures that he for sure got us you know so that's why so you feel as though kind of like leaning more into trust is what started to alleviate like your overthinking of like the future mm-hmm. is more so just kind of trusting him and trusting that, you know, yeah. he got you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just going back to that faith based, that strength and, you know, again, that trust in God. Yeah. Because yeah, what are, like, let's think about it. What are our worries comp- in, in comparison to God? Like, I truly, I imagine us being like, God, I've got this huge worry. Like, man, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do about it. Like, it's the worst. And then I feel like we tell God, and he's like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, that, really? <laughs> That's what you're worried about? <laughs> Word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it reminds me of that one scripture he talks about. I mean, it's it's pretty it's a it's well known but the one where it talks about how you know he clothes like the 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 flowers and he feeds the birds mm-hmm. and so you don't have anything to worry about and then also and i think it was christ who was talking about how um tomorrow like one day has enough worry for itself like mm-hmm. it, it makes no point it doesn't add any years to your life to worry about tomorrow and to me i think those teachings kind of always remind me to like live in the present moment and be present and be here, you know, because I realized I was reading this book called The Power of Now and it was talking about how so many human beings spend so much time living either in the past or the future. And we hardly ever actually allow ourselves ourselves to experience the now. Um, and we don't realize that the now is all that ever actually exists, right? Yeah. Because the, the future, by the time you get to the future, it's just going to be the present you know but if your mind is already so set on always looking ahead looking ahead then even when you um 
achieve what it is that you wanted to achieve, be like your dreams or whatever. By the time you get there, it's like you won't even, you may not be able to appreciate it or enjoy it because your mind is already set in the system of looking forward. Um, and it's the same thing of, of like backwards. If you're always looking backwards, always like regretting something or wishing you did something better or wishing you did something different, um, then you never actually get to um, exhibit and enjoy the change that should occur when you look back and learn from your past mistakes to say, okay, now let me apply that in the moment so that I can benefit from what I realized I lost out on in the past. And so it was all kind of circulating on just the importance of like prioritizing the now. And it doesn't mean that you can't ever look back or you don't, you shouldn't ever plan forward, but it just means that you're looking back and planning forward should always be um, uh, an avenue to get back to the present and what you're doing in the present to enjoy and um, appreciate whatever it is that you're working towards or moving away from. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I do agree. So I have some questions from the Sunbeam community and some of them are really insightful. So I figured we could answer them together. Okay. Yeah. The first one is so many young adults are saying that they feel lost. They don't have a purpose. First, do you believe that you can find your purpose with God? And also, um, do you know what yours is? Mm, man. Um, that's a big question. <laughs> yeah. Do I believe that I can find my purpose with God? Yes. And do I know what my purpose is? Yeah. Um, I think I'll answer the second first. I'm not, I have an idea of what my purpose is. Um, but I don't know if I have the words to like verbalize it yet because I'm still like kind of cementing like what it is exactly. Um, but I think my purpose has more to do with who I am as a human being, right? Mm -hmm. um, I feel as though my purpose is to actually just exist and experience life um, as in relation to myself. And then my purpose in relation to people, I think, has to do with using whatever gifts and talents and experiences that I've had to help others in some kind of way. Is it cutting up? No, sorry. That's my dog. Oh, is he sneezing? Is he good? <laughs> yeah. I was like, my dog just came in the room to sneeze. How <laughs> He's oh, like, hey, no. hold up. Hey. I, know. I got something to say. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hold on. Let me get my dog out of here. Okay. Is he good, though? Like, I think he sounds like he needs some a little bit of help. No, my dog has allergies, so it's uh, so yeah, it's so funny. Like, and it's very convenient allergies. It's only when my dog comes around me, I'm like, "What? Wow! What are you trying to say?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, this is gonna make an interesting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Let's say we keep it. Let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, when I when I think about purpose. Um, I think my first purpose is to just exist and experience life, right? Like I imagine when God created human beings, he created us to enjoy 
and appreciate like all of what he he has made now of course um if you follow like the biblical timeline then we kind of understand that we're now in a place that's away from the initial intention of what life should have been and how human beings were supposed to be operating and so now i think we find ourselves in a place where we're on our way back to that ideal so purpose usually aligns more with what we can do to help each other along that journey back to complete reconciliation with like life in its fullness and so when i think about purpose in that regard i think then that my gifts and my talents and my experiences have been given to me um for me to first experience but then to turn around and utilize to um help others right yeah. um so when i think about purpose in relation to god personally I don't think I ever fully understood my purpose until I knew God and I don't think I would have been able to not in a complete sense because I don't think creation can really understand itself without some connection to creator and I had to start approaching it that way because for a long time my relationship with God just had more to do with I guess like a religious he had more of like a religious overtone than it did actually having like just a connection and a relationship with him for myself to better understand myself and better understand how to navigate and so since i've been taking my relationship with him more seriously i think he's been revealing more and more of myself to me and that's why i say i'm not fully certain that i can verbalize what my purpose is because i think he's still revealing me to more of who i am but what can i what i can say that i've come to find is that your purpose is usually um aligned with what comes naturally to you you know so i don't think your purpose is something that you have to like go out and look for or find i think your purpose is more so something that you already have but you have to unlearn like all of these other things that you've learned throughout life that that have kind of like stifled like the core of who you are all these different identities that we end up adding to ourselves or these different external things that we end up adding to ourselves i find that coming back to your purpose or finding yourself has more to do with unlearning all of that and getting back to essentially like who you are as a child you know and when you get closer to that i think you're closer to understanding what your function is because I don't think your function or purpose is something that you necessarily have to try to do. I think it's just what comes most organically and natural to you. So I think in a vague sense your purpose is then just being yourself in your most pure and organic and natural form and then you find that in doing so you end up um functioning in the way that God intended you to, but you don't have to force it. You just have to you just get to enjoy being and allowing him to work through you because he made you to just be who you are so that he can you know accomplish whatever it is that he wanted to accomplish through your life um in your being yeah i agree <clears throat> i also don't think purpose is fixed you know mm. i think if we're focused on just one gift or one talent mm. um don't get a chance to explore and nurture all that we are because we are multifaceted right. you know, i think we are deeply talented i think 
um, most of us don't get to explore all of our um, talents in this lifetime. You know, there's so much more to us. So that's kind of what I get a sense of. And also, too, I've been there when people say they feel lost. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily think it's always about direction. For me personally, I remember a time where loss for me was the distance I had put between me and God. Mm. I, I couldn't feel him. I don't know how to explain it, but I, I did not feel like he was a present force in my life. I didn't feel like I was making decisions mm. so uh, based off of him. So therefore, I had this sense of loss of, you know, navigating in the dark because God is light. Mm. You know? So, and it wasn't God. That's the thing. I feel like God is always in a fixed position. Mm. I felt like I had removed myself from him. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've experienced the same thing. Like, yeah. and it's kind of like I, I was actually looking at the sky the other day and it was like overcast, right? Yeah. Um, and I never thought about this because whenever it's overcast, I always just thought, okay, this is just the fullness of the weather today. Mm-hmm. But then I really realized for some reason the other day that, oh, it was because I was, I was flying back. It was when I was flying back to the US. And I really realized that um, when I landed, it was overcast. But when I was in the plane, like it was sunny above the clouds. And so when we're on the ground, you would think that the sun is not there because all you're seeing is gray and clouds and even sometimes rain. But the sun is always there. The sun, it, there's literally every day is a sunny day. It's a someday the clouds cover the sun, right? Mm-hmm. And so in that way, I, I kind of realized that that's kind of how it is for me when I'm lost. It's not that God has gone anywhere in the same way that it's not that the sun goes anywhere it's just that there are clouds over my head or over my perspective that are veiling me from being able to see the light that actually exists all around me and eternally you know so then the effort then to refinding yourself is not so much how can I navigate and try to find my way on the ground like to a place where it's sunny it's more so for me like remembering that he is there and remembering that state of mind wherein I can like feel him and connect with him. And then considering what it is that may be blocking me. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just like my habits, things that I've been doing, engaging myself with the ways that I've been allowing myself to think, like maybe the people I'm hanging around, like if I go and hang out with people and I end up feeling drained or if things are pulling away from me then I end up exhausted and tired and sometimes even depressed and then in that state of mind I think that's like the that's when the clouds start to come over my mind or even anxious thinking Mm -hmm. Um, I start to think fearfully that's when the clouds start to come and it's not that he's not there but it's just I have to remember that he is there and Mm -hmm. try to like bring my center myself back to a place where I can see um the brighter day that's already existing around me yeah yeah, definitely. I agree. And I know for me, God is such a huge part of my identity. So mm-hmm. for me, I had that, you know, quote unquote, lost moment when I was in college and I was partying and I was doing everything I could to feel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't working. That's the thing. I I could truly say as much grandiose, as great as it looked on the outside, it, to anyone, it looked like I was having the time of my life. But right. truly inside, I was empty because mm. all I all that needed to be, you know, refilled was 
you know, my connection with God. That's all it was. And I think we search for God. That's the thing. We all have these synonyms for God, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's really what we're looking for. We're looking for that love and that acceptance and that, you know, clarity. Yeah. So how do you think you, well, I don't know if this is digressing, but I was going to ask, how do you think you refound that connection? Um, Through great humility. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) You know, I think I had to be humbled because, uh, well, how do I say this? You're going to hit rock bottom. You know, Mm -hmm. if you continue to live a life that is spiraling, you're going to have those moments where you just, you just mess up. And it's in those moments that God comes and comforts us. I feel like he comes and shows us love. He says, it's okay. Um, He says, welcome home. And, you know, for me, I had to reach rock bottom. I had to be in some very compromised predicaments to just say to myself, enough is enough. This this is not how I find God. God is not in this drug. <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. know, they'll sell it to you, though. That's the interesting thing. They'll tell you that you can have this spiritual awakening that you will feel like, you know, close to heaven. That's how the devil works. But mm-hmm. I had to go back to my roots. And I'm so grateful that I had parents, that I was always grounded in the faith. So mm-hmm. for me, it was always about coming back to my center coming back home is more of a comfortable way of saying it yeah yeah and coming before him humbly Mm -hmm. crying hysterically and being like i really messed up yeah vulnerability yeah i I like that i like the i like the idea of coming back home because it says that it's a place that you were already familiar with you know um Mm -hmm. a place that you probably already had access to especially in our youth um so it's again it comes back to um coming back to that place which can look like can look like many different like mm-hmm. avenues right like coming back home can mean healing um coming back home can mean like getting back in touch with your inner child and like working through the traumas that have resulted in you um looking to these different avenues for escape you know yeah because what I found is that most of the times and I was quote unquote lost, as you say, like you were searching for something, mm-hmm. either you were searching for something or, or I was running away from something. Mm-hmm. And I realized that a lot of that was rooted in a lot of my childhood experiences. Either I didn't get as much attention as I needed when I was a child. So now I'm searching for acceptance mm-hmm. and or just, well, that was a lot of it for me or just whatever it is. I'm looking for something that was lacking um, that my inner child didn't receive in the way that he needed to um and i'm trying these different avenues that i guess the world has offered me and when you are navigating them and you don't find it it's like it has like this insatiable complex where like you you don't find it in these things be it drug sex whatever it is Mm -hmm. but it it gives you just enough incentive to feel like maybe if i just try it again i'll get it you know or i can get it with this person or that you know what i'm saying but as you're saying, you do reach that point where you realize, okay, like these things are, I'm not going to find what I'm looking for in these things. And I have to think then seriously about, well, where is it that I last felt what it is that I'm searching for or what is it that I'm searching for? And I think when we start asking ourselves those questions, then I think those are the moments when I found, I found that God would start to like pop up 
or become more visible because he was always there and be like, oh, well, well, now that you're asking, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's giving me um, the prodigal son vibes, you know. Oh, for sure. And I, you know why I love that story? Mm-hmm. Because despite everything he did, right. he did a lot. Like, he wasted his entire inheritance, like, everything. Like, he just he was in these streets, you know. Mm-hmm. But despite everything, when he came back, not only did his father accept him, but his father ran to meet him before he even got to the house. Right. So what that showed me was that, like, coming and coming to God is not necessarily... I have to come and perfect myself and make myself great and come to church and be sitting down. And then God is going to bring this revelation to me or whatever. It's like, I don't have to prove myself to God. All I need is that heart that is willing to say, to willing to turn, you know, to be like, okay, I want the fullness of what it is that I'm searching for. And I feel as though you have it, even if you don't fully believe it or understand it in your mind, even if you don't know what to call him or where to look, it's like, once you have that desire in your heart where you can recognize that what I'm doing is not giving me what I'm searching for and I'm asking whatever it is is out there to show me the way to what I'm looking for. Like he will meet you halfway. It's reminiscent of that one, um, that line in Chance's song when he says, if you make the first step, the father will part the clouds. Mm. I think sometimes we can get discouraged because again there's so much context and and culture put around god that can sometimes be intimidating to make you feel like well i might want to know god or i want to have a connection but i don't want to be a christian or i don't i don't want to be dogmatic or i don't, I don't want to be these things yeah. um and that can be intimidating at times but i think what that story exemplifies is that it, it's it's none of that it's literally just a person in their heart in the place where no one else can see making that turn and god will literally come and meet you there and then guide you back to the fullness. Agreed. I also <clears throat> want to clarify that even if you weren't brought up in a religious background and you're not familiar with, you know, God, God will always feel like home. I, that's what I believe. Oh, I, sure. Yeah, because we were made in the image of love. A part of us is him. Mm-hmm. We are within him. So even if you've never experienced God before and you have no idea what we're talking about, what is this feeling? Um, it will always feel familiar to you. It will yeah. always, yeah, it will always be love. It will always be centered in that and everything that you need. Because I know sometimes with religions and stuff, it can feel pretty exclusive. It, we can come mm-hmm. off as pious or, you know, we got we got a gold star membership, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to join a social club. Yeah, and it's not at all like that. At least it's not supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't think so. Yeah. We're we're endowed. We are his love and he loves us. Mm. Yeah. Well said. Uh, thank you. Okay, so I have another interesting question um, for both of us. And I'm going to try to be honest with this one. Do you sometimes wish that God gave you a different struggle? Man, okay, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Do I sometimes wish that God gave me a different struggle? Um, not so much anymore. I think maybe there may have been times before where I've, you know, had that thought of like, I wish God didn't make me to look like this or 
feel like this or deal with this you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um but i think the more like recently in this past year i've really been starting to accept myself in a way that i haven't before and in accepting myself i've really been learning to love and appreciate myself for just who i am you know and like I'm at, I'm at a point right now where it may not be every day, but a lot of times I really think like I really realize like oh, I'm pretty dope. I'm like pretty <laughs> fantastic actually, and because I I'm learning to appreciate myself so much, I'm also realizing it's like I wouldn't be who I am without having the precise experiences that I've had, you know. Um, and so for me, I don't think that thought really comes into mind for me as much anymore because only because i'm like i'm i really appreciate the person i am today um but i can understand like having that feeling when you're not yet at a place where you can see the beauty the fullness of the beauty in who you are it i could see how it could cause a person to question and feel as though man i wish i had a different struggle or i wish i didn't have to you know what i'm saying yeah. it's because you haven't yet seen the answer you're in the midst of the equation and so the equation is difficult. But once you find the answer, you're like, oh, well, I see what the product of that was. At least that's been my experience. Yeah, no, I completely, you know, agree. Um, although I do notice, and um, this is something I was talking to my friend about, um, it's so much easier to be grateful for the big pictures, the overall scene. I mm. find that sometimes I can get irritated and impatient with the micro steps, the tiny steps to gratitude. Mm. So I still, I'm, I still have those moments where I'm like, man, this again? Like, <laughs> I, I thought we left that in, you know, the past. Like, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes when our struggles show up again or whatever it is we're facing, mm. it's, an, it's an opportunity. It's a call. It's a call for us to continue to work on ourselves, continue to heal. And I had to learn to see every obstacle or thing I'm facing that way. I had to learn to look at it from a different perspective, not necessarily that it's there to defeat or to break me, but maybe it's there to build. Mm. Yeah. And I know that like, it isn't always easy to see it that way as these difficulties being building blocks, you know? Um, And so in the midst of that, I think it's a good thing um, to start applying patience to yourself Mm -hmm. to understand that even though I feel like I'm being defeated right now, or I feel like I'm relapsing, or I feel like I'm falling back, whether it be into a thought pattern or a habit or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, to even in the moments when you can't see the beauty in it, not to fake it, but just to be patient with yourself. Like, okay, I'm struggling right now, but I don't have to define myself by this struggle. I don't have to tie my identity to my to what I'm to what I'm to what I'm struggling with. I can admit that I'm dealing with something. I can admit that I need help. And then I can just wait, as you're saying, like having that trust to be like, okay, God, like I know you see me. I know you see that I'm not I don't have the power to beat this right now. And I'm gonna wait on you to 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 help me through this, you know, and I'm gonna be patient with myself as opposed to like condemning myself and making myself feel bad and punishing myself it's like nah bro like god doesn't treat you in that way when it comes to your struggles and so you're better you're you're better off 
not treating yourself in that way either because you're the only person beating yourself up is what I had to tell myself. Right, yeah. And by the way, I would just like to say I concur. I think you're a pretty dope person too. I appreciate appreciate that. Thank you. And you as well. I'm actually, well, we were talking about the other day, but actually I, I, I like seeing like just who you continue to develop into being, you know, and it's just really dope to kind of like see your journey. Like, and every time we catch up, it's, it's really nice. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate you. Um, Okay. So let's switch the vibes a little bit. What's your most embarrassing moment? If you want to share my most embarrassing, I don't be getting embarrassed a lot. Honestly, <laughs> I I'm love so, that because <laughs> I'm so like I don't know acceptant of like myself in a way like. Mm-hmm. But if I have, let me try to think. Mo- the most embarrassing thing that's happened to me recently, mm-hmm. um, it'd be small stuff like stuff that's probably not even embarrassing, but I overthink it. Like, I send a text and I'm like, oh, why did I word it that way? You know, and then I like to me that's embarrassing. And then it's like I start overthinking and overthinking. And then I realize like, oh, it actually wasn't that way at all. Like this the other day, like maybe three weeks ago, I went to a concert mm-hmm. with my friend Cam. And me and him are getting ready to go to this concert, right? I got my outfit on, he's got his outfit on, and then he changes his shirt. And somehow that made me start questioning my shirt choice. And I'm like, dang, like, maybe I should change my shirt, you know? So I changed my shirt last (laughs) minute. As we're going out the door, I I changed my shirt. I get in the car. Halfway to the venue, I'm looking at this shirt like, bro, why did I put this shirt on, bro? Like, what was I thinking? So now I'm all, like, embarrassed and insecure because I'm showing up with no confidence because I have no faith in this shirt. The whole night. Like, I wasn't even enjoying the concert. I was just standing on the wall because I'm like, everybody else in here got nice shirts on and I'm here with this basic shirt. You know what I'm saying? And it was really bugging me until I went outside like two hours into the concert. And literally this girl was like, hey, can I take a picture of you? And I was like, sure. And she's like, I just really love your outfit. And I was like, what? In this shirt? Like, she was like, yeah, like, it just, it just, everything just flows together so well. And she, like, started taking pictures of me and stuff. And it just, it made me realize how much sometimes I overthink and think, mm-hmm. like, oh, I've made the worst decision or this is embarrassing. Yeah. And and then sometimes it just takes another person to kind of, like, pull you out of that, like, false reality in your mind to kind of realize, like, oh, bro, like, you're actually good. Like, even more than good, you're actually doing great, you know? So um, that's usually how I experience embarrassment um is just like it's usually me overthinking something it's not actually embarrassing you know, that must be nice <laughs> 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 i mean okay for the rest of the world actually. <laughs> no i'm just kidding um but yeah that overthinking though man it really can get you mm-hmm. yeah what's I the think... most embarrassing thing that's, that's happened to you well I might be embarrassed to tell it, but sure. Um, This happened in college, so it's been a a few years. Uh, But I was trying to make a good impression on a few new friends. And Uh (laughs) that's always a setup. Anyway, so, you know, it was about four new girls. They're lovely. They're amazing people. I just really wanted to, 
you know, be my best. So I was like, yeah, everybody get in my car. We're mm-hmm. going to the mall. Da, 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 da. And everything was great. And then we ate Panda Express at mm-hmm. the mall, which, by the way, sorry, but not sorry. I will never eat Panda Express again. So at the I, mall or in general? In general. Like, I'm okay. scarred. Like, I'm done. <laughs> wow. It's a wrap for me. <laughs> and usually I don't eat that type of stuff anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But again, I think I was doing things I usually wouldn't do just to be cool. Mm-hmm. You know? So we're driving. Um, our school is kind of like up in the mountains. So it's a little bit of a drive back. So I'm driving and then my stomach is doing backflips and it's uh, yeah, it's trying to be real shady. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what is going on? And all mm-hmm. of a sudden I'm sweating. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I I feel like <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to say it, but I was like, mm-hmm. I need to go to the bathroom like right now. Wow. <laughs> so I had the embarrassing moment of just like pulling over because it, it was coming. There's yeah. nothing I could do. And they were like, oh, my God, are you okay? Because they didn't know what was going on. Like, imagine a person just driving calmly, and then they swerve. (laughs) 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 And then they pull over. Everyone Mm. in the car, like, talked about subtle, right? Um, Yeah. Everyone's like, are you good? I was like, no, I'm not good. I got to find a bush. I got to find something. Mm. Like, and, you know, that was pretty embarrassing for me. The bush? Yeah, the bush. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. No, it's like, not. You're taking back to the ancient ways. <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to. <laughs> <laughs> that's no. actually, you know, well, I don't mean to make it into like a whole deep philosophical thing, right? But yeah. like, even as you're describing that, to me, it makes me think that when you're around the right people, yeah. like, those things aren't embarrassing. Those things are like funny. Those things are a memory because people are accepting you people accept you for who you are which i think you mentioned earlier like realizing that we're multifaceted and then once you realize that you have to start then engaging yourself with people who also recognize that you're multifaceted and i don't think we realize how often we don't do this because so many of our relationships are conditional in that we want people to be the version of themselves that fit into our life the best like you play your part in my movie you know what i'm saying so you have to be joyce the super positive always kind always nice person when that's not the fullness of who you are that may be an aspect of your of yourself like you may have a a kind character but you're a human being you know Mm -hmm. you have moments and you have different aspects of your personality just all these different things right now when you're engaging people who you feel as though you have to fit yourself into one particular facet in order to be accepted in that social dynamic, then these real and human moments that happen end up being embarrassing because you're essentially stepping outside of the box that you were expected to fit in or that you created in your mind that you had to fit in. Whereas when you're around people who are just here, not for the role you play in their lives, but for who you are as a human being, then you showing different sides of yourself isn't you stepping outside of any character it's just you showing another facet of yourself in this moment and in my mind like that moment is like funny you know what i'm saying that moment is like it's comedic um so it makes me think a lot about how 
like how often we may feel like oh like this is embarrassing for me or whatever it is but is it really something that's embarrassing or is it like either you are believing that because you are stepping outside of a social norm or is it like the people you're around like those are the kind of thoughts that go through my mind yeah and I think too like they're as I said they're lovely they ended up being lovely people I Mm. think for me it just came down to first impressions I Mm. think yeah I think we live in a society where first impressions are so they matter so much and you know first impressions and jobs and social aspects to people we like like I always say this people are naturally always wanting to present the best version of themselves first Mm. that is always the first impression you're going to get and you know and it's also you know socially acceptable if Mm. yeah if we ask somebody how they're doing and you've never met this person before and they all of a sudden you know divulge their whole life story and they're like i'm not doing great there's a certain i think the majority of people be like okay dude like (laughs) we didn't ask for all that but all right you could just say good like everybody else yeah (laughs) so for me at least in this situation i perceived it as embarrassing because this again they've never met me this was the first time hanging out with them i didn't want to be the girl in the bush (laughs) (laughs) you're miss diarrhea taking it to the bushes i know it was so terrible (laughs) and they were like do you want us to go with you i was like no (laughs) this is not pretty please don't oh man yeah i I still think that's kind of cool though i had to do it at the beach one time well the beach is acceptable there's porter potties no i mean i had to like dig a hole and hide behind a bush (laughs) well i mean do what you gotta do i think it would have been worse if you didn't go you know see what i'm saying is now that would have been embarrassing now if it was if you had to if it was in the car that would have been all right yeah. well thanks for the support <laughs> yeah you know and yeah I, I think now I've gotten so much better back to what you were previously saying about self-acceptance mm-hmm. and who we are and I always tell this to people and I think the ones who truly know me and love me get to see this aspect a lot more of me but I'm not nice I keep mm-hmm. telling people that <laughs> Um, but I, but I am loving, I am mm. loving, um, but I'm very sassy. I'm, I'm a lot of things as you were saying, mm. and, and we all are. And, mm. and I think a part of our setting some of our anxiety and depression free, um, would be throwing, showing our true selves, you know? Yeah. I think that's yeah. the key. Yeah. And honestly, that's something I've been pursuing like in these last few months of like being more true to who I am as opposed to putting on a face Mm -hmm. because what I've come to find is that like you can get really good at putting on the best version of yourself but when you establish the foundation of any relationship on the best version of yourself you then have to maintain that version of yourself for the rest of the relationship right whereas if you're able to be more organic in a sense which I think can also be difficult because as you're saying, we kind of have this like um, learned behavior of uh, putting on that show, you know, 
sometimes without even realizing, sometimes it's so subconscious. So I find myself having to be actually very intentional about being honest when I meet somebody. Like if I'm feeling insecure or low today, like I'm not going to pretend to be confident. I'm going to attempt to allow myself to be insecure and be vulnerable so that in the event that we end up connecting, we connect on an honest level, as opposed to if we do it, if I put on a facade and we connect, then you didn't connect with me. You connected with the version of myself that I presented to you. And so now when I inevitably get exhausted of that facade or I'm unable to put up that facade, then you're going to see me as being disingenuine or I'm changing up or whatever it is because I'm changing from what it is that I told you I was when we first met. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I'm finding now, like, I have to, like, remind myself in interactions, even when I'm, even when I'm, like, recording podcasts and anything like that, it's like, Mm -hmm. don't try to put on, like, a, like a Mouse Carter, you know, kind of, like, facade or face. Mm -hmm. It's like, be who you are today. If you're, feeling funny today or jovial be jovial if you're feeling super deep and intellectual be that if you're feeling just like sad be that you know because you being what is honest to you is always going to be exactly what you're supposed to be on that day and that's exactly what it is that whoever is sent your way to cross your path needs to interact with yeah exactly and i think too it goes i question that why isn't who we are enough why isn't the most honest version of ourselves acceptable like some of these man-made constructs i really ask who set this up because i need to have a conversation Mm. you know there's something so beautiful about being your total self a klutz a hot mess Mm -hmm. a procrastinator whatever you call yourself right Right. and have it's just so beautiful when you're all of these things and you're in a place with people of total acceptance and they right. and they love it it's so funny the things that you don't really necessarily like about yourself mm-hmm. um, people will love that about you and gravitate towards you right you'd be so surprised mm-hmm. i'm oftentimes surprised that like i was trying so hard to do this thing when all I had to do was what came natural to me, which comes back to the discussion about purpose, like your mm-hmm. purpose being whatever comes natural to you. And I like that you said your purpose is also fluid and it also develops because you as a human being are multifaceted. So your purpose can vary by a season in your life, by the month, by the week, by the day, by this minute. My purpose right now may just maybe to be talking to you and like exploring my honesty and then my purpose after this is going to be to finish making my sister breakfast and that's a whole different you know what i'm saying like so your purpose is the the one consistent line between it all is that your purpose will always come down to you being true to who you are in any given moment in the present at all times yeah i also like i have some very creative guys in case you didn't notice but um, I also wonder if God showed us a blueprint of who he thought we were supposed to be or wanted us to be and yeah. who we are if we would cry. I wonder. Cry. Yeah, like at, at its beauty, at how liberating and how free God created us mm. and how much we've changed from the original plan just because of, you know, us trying to fit in as we talked about. Mm. how do you 
how do you correlate that to crying? Where do you see the significance in crying? Um, I think it could be a form of grief. Mm. I think when we're not aligned, when we're so focused in this rigid structure, you know, because mm. uh, I, I remember when my depression was at its highest, um, at the time I didn't know it, but it was a form of grief. I was crying for the child that I didn't get to be because time had changed so much of me. My uh. traumas had developed my character and my story and the narrative of who I thought I was supposed to be because uh -huh. of my trauma. So um, part of my healing journey has been giving myself permission to play, giving myself permission to explore, mm, setting same. myself free. Yeah, allowing yourself to be the kid you weren't allowed to be. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, you know, and it says it that in the Bible, we're supposed to be childlike. Exactly. I think we forget that. <laughs> we forget. Right. And I, and, I, and I wonder if that is, like, discouraged because we, um, like, mistake childlike for childish. Like, mm -hmm. we, like we don't want to be anything in relation to a child because we see that as childish. But I think there's a difference. Like, being childish is like being immature, right? Which yeah. the, the, the Bible itself speaks about you maturing and developing. But... I think I heard a quote like uh, a few years back and I, I might butcher it, but it was talking about how like the matured adult is the, oh dang, it's like the, the premise of it was like the, the, the fully matured person is the discipline, is the balance between the disciplined adult and the curious child. So in maturing, you have to refine what you lost trying to grow up, right? And you have to then find that balance between still having that childlike spirit, but mm -hmm. then having that adult-like discipline to wield that childlike spirit in a way that it isn't destructive yeah. and harmful. Yeah, definitely. You know, too, and it's so interesting. Um, this is just an example. Like yesterday I was in the store and the store had the good bops, you know. Like, they had the good music <laughs> and, you know, trying my hardest not to dance because right. we're, we're in a store, right? <laughs> and then I see this kid, like, um, just run up and just let loose. And, you just <laughs> <laughs> and this child was literally doing everything that I wanted to do. Um, <laughs> and I started to have that awareness of, again, how much society and, um, you know, who we're supposed to be plays into the simple things the things that we should enjoy like if you want to dance in the store dance in the store why else would they put music that is right. so good you know exactly yeah and just to watch children I, I promise you guys watching children is the most liberating and healing experience as well because you see them at their freest you see their innocence you see them not worried about anything they just do and feel as you know, comes up for them. That's what mm -hmm. comes up. They're not worried about, oh, is anybody watching? Mm -hmm. They do not care. <laughs> They're in the present moment. Yeah. Exactly. At all times. Oh. And I think that is the reality, again, of what we lost growing up is we lost our presence and we started living in the future in the sense of worrying about the future or like 
building our entire days and lives around the future. Like I have to pay a bill at the end of the month and I have to get this done and that done and that done. So everything I do in the present is only in relation to what I have to achieve in the future in a, in a destructive way, it seems, because we never actually exist in the present anymore. We're always thinking about what's to come. Or as we said, like it can go the other way where you're stuck in the past, you know, be it like nostalgia Mm-hmm. when it becomes unhealthy um where you're constantly wanting to recreate a feeling that you experienced in the past and that's all your present is instead of being able to enjoy the present moment it's like how can i shape my present moment into something i exist i experienced previously so you know you hardly get to allow yourself to have new experiences but children children are constantly in the present and i think i don't know if you remember but i remember even being a child it's like everything was so much more like the world was always right around me. Like whatever I was doing in that moment was my entire world. If I was drawing, drawing was my entire world for the time that I was sitting down with that paper. If I was spending time with my brother, that was my entire world. If I was outside, there was never, I'm drawing, but I'm also thinking about what I can turn this into or how I can make money from this, or Mm -hmm. I'm spending time with my brother, but I'm thinking about what I have to do after this and what I have to do tomorrow. Like that never existed. It was always, I was always entirely immersed with whatever it is that was directly in front of me. And I think in that way, I was closer to the true essence of what life really is and should be. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. And I know so many adults and as we go into, you know, our, own adulthoods, we tend to lose that. Mm-hmm. We tend to lose, I believe, the most beautiful and passionate and the best parts of us. Right. But thank you. Thank you so much for this incredible conversation. I know me and my sunbeams were blessed. It's always a pleasure to speak and connect with you. Oh no, thank you for, for inviting me. Like I always I always love having conversations like these because I don't know, they put like thoughts in my mind that I probably wouldn't have otherwise thought today. And so now I can go into the rest of my day with kind of like having a different atmosphere than I would have without having been here. So I appreciate it. Of course, of course, you're always welcome. Yeah, but alrighty, I'll let you go. But tell us where to follow you. Um, You can reach me on social media at Miles Carter or unfollow Carter on Instagram and whatever other social platform I'm on. Uh, yeah, I think that's mainly it. Just Miles Carter on YouTube and unfollow Carter on whatever social platform. All right, perfect. Thank you so much, Sunbeams, for tuning in, for listening. I'm back into the schedule, so I promise you guys will get more podcasts. But I hope you guys have a wonderful day and remember to breathe. Because that's all life is, a deep breath. (laughs) All right, talk to you later. Love you. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for healing with me. As we continue this journey with new episodes, I'm imploring you guys to engage. Send me topics. Tell me things you want to hear. Share your stories with me. And if you don't know how to reach me, I'm on Instagram at sun underscore 
beam babies or on tiktok at joyce the sunbeam it's been a pleasure to spend a little bit of my time with you until next week